You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sox fans, lucky you, we have a terrific guest here for what is just pre-game podcast two for Southside Sox. We've done pre-game podcasts before, but this is just officially number two for ALDS game number three. We're back home, mere hours from now. The White Sox are going to have first pitch for blackout redux uh, 13 years later. And my guest, the unique unique privilege of having gone to the original blackout game and she will be there cheering tonight 
uh, for the White Sox, decked out in black, uh, as she is now, uh, took care of coverage for game two in terrific manner. I think all of you read her piece. It was a terrific game story. It's just a real treat to have her on staff with us and jumping in on all these podcasts. It is Good Vibes, Jackie Cresta. Welcome. Thank you for hopping on with me, Jackie. Thanks, Brett. My pleasure. It was looking for a while like it just might be one guy talking to a screen. And let's face it, this has got, got to be like triple dynamic from that. So uh, let's start with, uh, you did cover game two for us. A very uh, creative recap. Appreciate it. Uh, given a challenge that uh, is a flat game. It was a game that really cut into our spirits. We had the makings of perhaps a White Sox classic, win or lose, a classic playoff match for about six innings or so. And then it turned rough uh, real quick. And that's about the time you probably said, oh man, what am I going to do with this? Uh, Your thoughts, we got to recap, but your thoughts on game two uh, and just how the series went in Houston for the White Sox. So I don't think the series in Houston went exactly how any of us would have liked for it to go. It went pretty much how the regular season went, Um, (laughs) which, you know, maybe some of us might have been able to foresee. I thought we were going to get a little burst of adrenaline to kind of maybe split down in Houston, but obviously that was not, uh, that was not in the cards for us. Um, Game two thoughts. When Lucas came out in the first inning and he whiffed those first three batters, I really thought we were going to see, you know, episode two of Lucas Giolito postseason starts because last year in Oakland, he was phenomenal. I think he had a one hitter, if I remember correctly. Someone can check me on that. Um, But I really thought, like you said, I thought we had the makings. I thought we were going that way. And I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but the the point where I saw a turning point was actually that play where Yoan Mankata got kind of slid into the, the wall and busted up his knee. I think that kind of like messed with Lucas's um, rhythm a sure. little bit. Sure. And because from there is when I kind of see things taking a, uh, a little bit of a slide down. So, um, man, it just, yesterday sucked. Let's just say it. Yesterday sucks, man. Um, We got to hit the ball in the air, man. We got to hit the ball in the air. Yeah. And, you know, game one, same. Uh, I think what was a little disappointing, I think what makes this feel like it's somehow deeper than a 0-2 hole is that the games weren't close. I mean, I could see losing even two. I could see them being a lot closer games harder fought. And I mean, granted, we would be agonizing perhaps worse if both of these were six, five, or one was an extra innings game, but you, you wouldn't be necessarily uh, questioning the game plan, maybe questioning the the fight or the preparedness of the team. And it's not to say any of us are doing that. Nobody's up in arms about the white Sox, but you do, you can't help but come away thinking, man, the white Sox aren't necessarily in the class of Houston, Uh, especially winning game two, they were hanging with bandit lead. Uh, And then, you know, of course, falter with a lot of very strange things going on both on field and really sort of decisions with the players on field. Uh, And I think that's what makes us come away thinking, geez, this is, you know, this is rough. I mean, 
you can lose in a lot of ways. And of course, a close loss can be a lot more agonizing than a, than a blowout, but you're not supposed to be blown out in the playoffs either. So six, two, six, five losses would hurt really bad, but you'd be like, man, we are right there. And this team could run off three right now. You're going into game three, even with the home field advantage, you think you wonder, even if they jump out to a lead, you think, okay, uh, <laughs> what's going to happen? Cause we just saw it happen in game two. Yeah. I don't think any lead is safe against the Houston Astros. And, um, you know, I'd like to be funny and say something about 2017. And while that is valid and I will hold that opinion probably until the day I die, um, you know, they are a good team. They're a really good team. Um, and I think someone already said this, so I might be parroting, but um, the Houston Astros lineup is more what I hoped our lineup would be just from top to bottom, just dangerous hitters, one through nine. You can't get around anybody because there's somebody waiting behind them. Um, that's how I feel. I feel like no lead is safe against them. So um, I, we have our work cut out for us. Yeah. We have our work cut out for us. Yeah, it's like, it's like the offense, the white Sox are trying to get it. Just the fact that we have like Yasmani Grandal who like takes walks sometimes doesn't like, he just won't swing. It's like, you know, white Sox fans sort of freak out. It's been like a decade since we've had those guys. And it's like every guy in the Astros lineup, um, and I'm sure some of it just guys feed off one another in, in this sense, but I mean, they're, they're all, they're all patient. They're all working counts. And, you know, it's not to say that they were going to have control of this series from the get-go. A lot of things could have happened to put, you know, including maybe starting Lucas in that first game. I know we had that debate, but there's a lot of ways you could still put Houston on their heels. It's not as if somehow this is a juggernaut the White Sox cannot take on, but nothing really clicked both sort of like bad luck and just, you know, bad play uh, that has led us to sort of almost seek out like every bad break. I mean, it just seems like no luck can go the White Sox way, including like, you know, Yohan Mankata sliding at the wall. Lord knows I thought he's going to move even slower, like walking from the dugout to home plate and he appear even more English. The poor guy gets out of bed looking English. So we don't need him slamming into the wall, but uh, you know, good for him on the hustle. Uh, yeah, I guess luckier was on my list. And, you know, is there something the White Sox are going to be able to do to it? It really seems like, again, it comes down to the players. And when you have Larry Garcia in right field uh, versus any number of other guys in right field, you know, luck isn't the only thing involved, but, uh, there've been a number of just like inches away plays. Yeah, heck, even including the arm play, you know, that you know, if, if oh, it, it, was, that. it was even pointed out on the broadcast, one of the few astute points that if, you know, he hadn't been as, as dramatically uh, shifted or be even playing normal third base, that would have been a lot more of a routine play, still a challenge, a more routine play. So just a lot of things have clicked uh, in, in the wrong way for the White Sox. Is, is getting home enough maybe to change that luck? I mean, I definitely think, um, you know, desperation has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a moment, but I mean, between the starting pitchers and stuff, I, you know, I don't know if um, the desperation will cause gainmanship uh, to exude from Tony La Russa in some weird way. Like, I don't know if we're going to see any starters out of the pen if the starter gets in trouble. Um, I mean, but at this point, you are correct. It, it, it's more to do with luck than talent, I think. Um, so, and I said this before the, the playoffs began. I, I do think that the White Sox have the talent. We have the talent. We just need the luck and the yeah. execution. And the execution, my goodness. Yeah. Um, which we haven't had to this point. You know, we all know social media is dumb. We all know, let's face it, 
fans are sort of dumb and I'm sure there are. there are even a few White Sox fans who are dumb. I mean, I, I have oh, to, I have to admit, included. I have to admit, Jackie, please come on. Please, no one writes a recap like you just did and calls himself dumb. But yes, I'm sure there are a few smaller percentage of normal uh, than average, but a few White Sox fans who are dumb, right? But, you know, there was a narrative uh, early. It started early in game two when we had an MLB.com executive editor sending out a message about how the White Sox were like a sham team in a terrible division and they're going to get swept. I'm like, wow, we are 11 innings into this series. Uh, The game itself that is being addressed during this message is tied. And, and these are the statements you're making. Even the people with the blue check marks don't necessarily seem bright. Uh, I mean, we're all homers to a degree, even those on the beat who are sworn not to no cheering in the press box. Of course, they have a vested interest. They want to see a series wrap up because they want to go home or they want to be able to write a book about the World Series winners. Everybody's got some motivation somewhere. I'm not sure it's supposed to be so blatant. Uh, Given that this is our first experience sort of in this realm in the playoffs, if we're not really going to count last year, because last year was such a weird year, how what's your reaction to sort of all the stuff that's going around it? It's, it's, it's been a little strange. Man, I I didn't get as upset as everyone else did, you know, because I I'm a white Sox fan and I'm used to being the underdog. Uh, okay. I'm used to being, um, you know, underestimated. Um, people are going to have their opinions and that's fine. Cause I have stupid opinions too. Um, yeah. I try not to say them online too much, but you know, I, I do have two opinions too. It, that, that doesn't bother me so much. Cause I think, um, I mean, I'm, I don't think the players are bothered by that. And if anything, it's just, you know, bulletin board material. Yeah. Um, so I, people can say what they want and you know what? I, we're not a sham team. I disagree with that, <laughs> but you know, are we going to get it swept? I mean, we're down. Oh, it's Oh, and two, maybe we might. And, it, but, um, and you know, what's funny, you know, my, res- you know, among a few, but you know, my response is okay. If, if you're, if you're going to be that brazen and you have a right to, all right. I mean, that's pretty meathead, but okay. Well, you better sweep then you better sweep. <laughs> don't yeah. go back to Houston to, to don't even lose a game. I mean, I get it. Hey, you won. You're the better team if, if they win, but Boy, when you're saying things like this is a, you know, this is a, this is a fake, what a terrible division. Give me a break. The AL West has uh, the angels has the Rangers. I get it. The angels would have been in third play away. I, all right. I know it was a slightly better division. Making it sound like every team was over 500 and the Astro- Astros went through this incredible obstacle, obstacle course to win the division. I mean, their obstacle okay. courses, they had to stop cheating. That was their obstacle course. <laughs> See, she getting fired up a little bit. She getting fired up. Man. <laughs> All right. I knew if I just kept this lingering with this long enough, Jackie, we'd get you a little fired up. All right. Angry vibes, Jackie Crestle with us here. <laughs> um, pre-game podcast number two. Um the uh, uh another thing, not to rehash too much, but listen, we got all these games are connected. Um Michael Kopak hasn't pitched yet in this series. Um, the White Sox have used an interesting array, uh, array of relievers, uh, including Garrett Crochet uh, in back-to-back games. Uh, I believe after game one, you had the question, I think without opinion, but you had the question of, you know, is this, you know, is this why Tony's here? Uh, is, is, 
Is he going to be able to, from game one to two, and now I guess the question moves from game two to three, is he going to be able to instill something in this team that's going to change the, I mean, he doesn't play. I understand that we have a tendency to put too much on the manager, and there's been a lot of pushback since game one and game two losses on get off of Tony. Apparently he has no influence. Apparently he just collects that paycheck and puts the uniform on. But uh, did you see anything uh, after game one into game two that makes you think that, that Tony is going to be able to do something for this team? Uh, and how do you judge his performance in game two? Man, you're really putting me on the spot. People are going to send me death threats, I think. Um, so the answer um, is, is yes and no. Do I see Tony contributing to a win? Yes and no. Um, I mean, the manager's job is to put the team in the best position to um, to win the game, but the players are the ones that have to execute it. There's been a few calls that, I mean, I know I'm not paid to be the manager. Disclaimer, I know I'm not. And that I'm just a fan. I get it. But I mean, I, I disagreed with some of those moves that were made yesterday. I mean, game one, it was fine, but I mean, some questionable moves, obviously I talked about it, like the defensive substitutions, putting Larry in uh, right field, that result, that was two runs right there, trotting out crochet um, for, you know, a second day in a row. And then we have, we have talent um, deep in the bench. We have talent in the bullpen. Can we please see it? Can you please put us in the best situation? But I mean, did that cost us the game? Probably not. And um, I, I'm also of the opinion too, we're like, you know, I'm not a super fan of Tony La Russa, but I also don't think that most times he's going to lose us any games. Well, not any, he has lost some games, but you know, in the playoffs, not much. I mean, he is respected by the players, but I also think that I could probably go in there and get paid to be the manager and do just a good job because, Anybody can be nice and respected, but yeah, you know, that's, and that's a challenge uh, uh, with addressing the team, covering the team, writing about the team. We're not in the press box. We're not, I'm not sure if anybody's yet in a locker room again, but we're not on the zooms, but you know, we're smart fans. Uh, We try to be reasonable fans and we're also not homers. We are going to criticize where it's necessary. I mean, something that came up in last night's post-game podcast from Zach was, uh, you know, it was like three clicks for him to find out that Garrett Crochet had pitched like three times this year, back to back, and he'd been crushed. Um, now, again, if your choices are, um, is Yasmani Grandal going to have to pitch because we're in the 18th inning, or we have a full strong bullpen, including Liam Hendricks, who wants to pitch three innings every game, uh, and Garrett Crochet, maybe you're not pitching Garrett Crochet then in back-to-back. I mean, the point being, the criticism is sometimes, well, you know, if you're not paid to do that job, you can't have an opinion on it. Well, Zach yesterday took five seconds. Uh, You know, he knows the combination of keystrokes to do it, but he found very easily uh, that that was a a losing strategy, especially for whatever it was, six inning, when the bullpen is fresh. and so I think it, it does allow us to put ourselves in a position to criticize when it's that easy. This isn't some special information he unearthed, some crazy hunch he played because he's a manager in waiting. It's he looked it up on, you know, baseball savant or whatever. And it's like, wow, this is obvious. You wouldn't do this uh, probably under any circumstances, much less when 
oh, I don't know, Michael Kopech is in the bullpen and Liam Hendricks is in the bullpen. And even Craig Kimbrell did not work out. Craig Kimbrell in the bullpen. Uh, so, you know, that, that cuts into that. That takes the air out of some of the argument of like, you know, just don't just silently watch all of you, no matter whether you're covering the games or not, just silently watch and just nod your heads. It's just, that's not going to happen. And sometimes some of those thoughts like Zach's would have helped if he had the hotline to Tony, he could have rustled him up out of, you know, whatever zone he was in. Cause he was in playoff, you know, red ass playoff zone. And he said, Oh shit. Oh man, I shouldn't put crochet in the game. Wow. Oh my God. I somehow didn't have that on my note cards here. Uh, you know, it's just the bad thing about, that is, you know, we're not in the clubhouse. We're not in, um, we're not in those strategy meetings where we're going over video and notes. So if Tony has a reason for doing that, the bad part is we're not going to know about it because he's not going to, he's so, um, you know, secretive of all of his plans. We didn't have the roster until well after 10, 10 yeah. a.m. Central yep. Standard Time. We don't know. We didn't know the game three starter until earlier today. We didn't know the game two starter. Like he's just, he's so um, protective of his data that even if he has a a good reason that his coaches and scouted had given him, we're not going to know that. So what's left to do except bitch about it. That's what we're going to do. And yet Jackie, he still voluntarily shared that if the White Sox were in the position to win the game, Michael Kopech would have pitched. So right. he's got some interesting definitions of being in position to win a game because man, it's a good thing we didn't have to win yesterday. I mean, it's not like is, we're playing for our lives. I mean, the guy's talking, yeah. it's like, he's talking about a game that was nine Oh in the first inning. Uh, you know, it, it's, it has been a frustrating watch and, and that goes for the team as well. I'm certainly not dogging only Tony. I mean, it, right. I think a lot of stuff comes from him. And when he's having a bad series, the White Sox are due to have a bad series. And I'm sorry, I think he's had a worse series than any one person. I would say he's had a worse series than the team. But, you know, that's, you can debate that. That's fine. Uh, let's turn toward uh, game three, the blackout game. We're going to do that right after we take a real quick break here on Southside Sox pregame podcast number two. It's with Good Vibes, Jackie Crystal. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, I took a little longer pause than usual. If you're watching this, that was a two-second pause. If you're listening, eh, maybe it was a minute and you heard some cool commercials from SB Nation. Thank you, SB Nation, for sponsoring our podcast. I'm here with Good Vibes, Jackie Crestel. The pressure's been on. Every time she shows up, she's got the guitars in the background. I decided to shift 
mind over. So it is barely visible here. If you're watching, you can see a guitar. So it is guitar unity in the what background. What kind is it? What kind is it? That's a, that wealth. It's an ovation. And it's also AKA. I don't care because I just play it and I'm, I'm not a gearhead, but that's what it I is. played Acu- an ovation. It I is played an ovation. Uh, acoustic electric. Cause I, I don't yeah. want to have so many, uh, you know, I mean, it looks awfully cool, but uh, you know, we're, I like the flexibility. So I used to play an ovation and I didn't like it because the back was kind of curved. And whenever mm. I would sit and try to play, it would slide off my lap. That's true. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, this one is sort of slick in that sense as well, but uh, I'm sorry. White, white socks. White oh socks. yeah. No, yeah, come on. Wait, I thought the series is over. It's not over. Okay. Yeah. No, we're still playing a uh, blackout game tonight. And What's been a treat being able to talk to you, Jackie, is that we've talked about Blackout Game. Going back to that very first podcast you're on with me, where it was Meet the Players, Jackie Crestwell. And we've certainly uh, spoken since uh, Division Clinch and Playoff, et cetera. And guess what? You have put yourself in position to now be at both 100% of the Blackout Games in Chicago White Sox history because you have decided to snag a ticket, I believe, with the husband. But uh, we'll be going uh, tonight to see Game 3. Uh, so anticipation for that, obviously decked out in black, uh, looking forward to it. Um, how just looking forward to the, obviously you decided to scramble to get a ticket. So, uh, fired up. You know, who, you know what, when we had, uh, when tickets went on sale for the playoffs, I, I wasn't looking at the ALDS. I got ALCS hmm. home game three tickets if we got there. Um, but then as it, you know, not to be a naysayer, but as it kind of got a little iffy on whether we're going to get yeah. there or not. You know whose idea it was to try to look for tickets for tonight was my Cub fan husband. He wanted to go. And I said, well, let's find some tickets, man. Let's get there. Nice. Well, that's yeah. a good spirit. I had, I had actually forgotten that, that you had one of those mixed marriages and God bless we you. Are for this, we are this close to conversion. We are really? this close to conversion. Well, listen, this is the time to do it because I cannot imagine. And it's not just because the team's bad but the ownership is bad that, you know, and, and the run is, I mean, even if you just loved everything, the run is, you know, it's going to, you're going to, it's going to take some patience before they, you know, if they, when they uh, get good again. So boy, I'm liking the sound of this. Very nice. That's an, that's an extra tip in the jar from the Chicago White Sox to Jackie Crestle, please. Uh, you know, all the conversions we can get. Uh, I'm searching now for the other folks who are going to be there. I know Celeste says she is going to both, games because there will be two home games in this ALDS. We have to be. keep that I good vibe going. Uh, and uh, Luke Smales is going. He's driving up from wherever wherever he is, whatever, whatever farm he's out. Maybe Iowa. I think it might still be out in Iowa. So he's driving in from Iowa. Uh, well, we, we do have other people. I know Adrian Serrano is going to game four. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of a lot of Southside Sacks representation. Uh, Colleen is hosting the tailgate. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Colleen, of course. Yes, she is um, apparently slaughtered an entire field to bring to the cookout. So, uh, uh, yeah, there, there, there's Southside that. Southside Sacks tailgate. There's that. Yes. Uh, uh, Hannah said she was scrambling to maybe try and get a ticket. So, yes, there will definitely be Always gets a ticket last minute. Yeah. Hannah always gets a ticket yeah. last minute. She's always cruising that's like, in from what? class. Yeah. Yeah, no. right. yeah, it's like throws the books in the backseat. Right. She'll be there. She'll find a ticket. Yeah. 
So yes, I hope one or multiple of the folks going, because there are probably some uh, uh, people I'm not even aware of, are actually going to, maybe not immediately, it's not important immediately, but uh, write up this experience because, uh, man, it's exciting. I'm jealous. It is going to look great. Uh, we know now, I believe it's confirmed that game four is not a night game. Uh, maybe things can still change. So, I mean, it's not going to have, I mean, it's still going to be awesome. It's not going to have the same effect as a night game blackout, as you well know, Jackie, because you've had that experience. Um, so uh, tell me uh, what's changed for you between the 2008 blackout game, number one, the original, and the one that's coming up tonight, blackout game two, game three of the ALDS. I'm much older. I'm much older. <laughs> well, that's a, I have given. more wrinkles. I have more wrinkles and more gray hair. <laughs> so, and I was actually thinking of all the um, the Southside Sox folks that are going to the game that might be at the tailgate. I might have to be like the mother figure for all of them, making sure they stay hydrated, yeah. well balanced. Let's not get too crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of those on site, yes, you, you, uh, yeah, you, you are going to, um, I'll make sure they they drink enough water. Hydrate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We'll see. Let's also uh, married kids. Mm-hmm. Kids. I'm sure probably a few jobs. So yeah, a lot of things have changed for probably a number of us. It has been 13 years for God's sake. And uh, um, but, but you know what? But the the team is different. Obviously, obviously, too. The team's going to change in thir- 13 years. But it's a different a different vibe mm-hmm. to this team. Every team's got their own flavor. The 2008 team, I think even though we uh, we had an exciting finish to the end of that regular season in 2008, I think we all knew we weren't going too deep into yeah. those playoffs, you know, so any win that we got was was gravy. That's cool. Um, I don't feel that way about this White mm-hmm. Sox team. I did expect this White Sox team mm-hmm. to go deep into the playoffs, so um Maybe that is the difference. Maybe in 2008, I was just gleeful mm-hmm. to even be there. Oh my gosh. They trot out Nick Swisher before the game. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Man, that's, um, that's still a revelation that stuns me that I, that I actually, I have admitted, blocked out. I it totally blocked out that Nick Swisher gave some, <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's interesting. I'm sure, I don't think Ozzy signed off on that one. I don't, I don't <laughs> think Ozzy signed off on that one. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, a big difference, we didn't necessarily know it then. We're in the, in between two terrible seasons. Uh, we didn't know that 2009 was going to be so bad. We come off of 2007, which at the time we could say, oh, well, that was the weird dropout. That was the weird fatigue. That was the anomaly because we had 2000, 2004, strong season, uh, 2005 World Series, incredible. 90 wins in 2006. So it's like, okay, this is a new dynasty juggernaut. And we could, we could allow ourselves to feel that way. But the, the team, even from 2005, changed so much, both because some of it was forced with trades and some of it because, you know, guys had petered out. We had all these new faces. Even like the Nick Swisher comes in, that trade was not working out, even though they gave him the microphone for the game. That, they tried so hard to make him like the face of grindy yeah. ball. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and, and they didn't do any favors because he's like playing center field for God's sake. And, you know, a, a lot of weird, you know, a lot of weird stuff there. And obviously this year, I mean, you know, all the I mean, I'm very skeptical about this window talk because I don't see why the window shouldn't always be open. This is Chicago. Mm-hmm. This isn't uh, this isn't Tampa. This isn't Pittsburgh. This is Chicago. But uh, clearly the window is opening. This isn't a one and done team. There's no circumstance any of us can envision where this team isn't in the fight for 
some years to come. Uh, so there's no way you could say that with confidence as, as no matter what high we had on the fumes of, you know, three games and three days against three different teams and this crazy run into it. I mean, you sort of did know, okay, just because it's screwed with our pitching staff, how deep can this team go? They're not going to pull the same kind of miracles 2005. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, this is a team that's built, you know, for years to come, as frustrating as it is to potentially go out of this postseason without even a win, uh, you know, this team is going to be back, going to be the favorites, going to be stronger with any kind of luck with, with injury and health. Uh, so that's a very different feeling to me because you, you're right in 2008. It's like, you're just sort of pinching yourself like, well, this is cool. And then there's a blackout. It's like, well, there's a, there's a novelty. They really needed us uh, to win that game. Um, you know, it is, it is pretty entirely different because this is a, a team that that does have, you know, dynasty is too lost, lofty to talk, but you know, just year to what we haven't seen ever, <laughs> ever, which is, a nice solid block of five years of, of playoff contention and maybe playoffs. Uh, it's never happened. You know, you got to go back to the, the fifties and sixties, even have a good string of very strong teams and winning seasons. And back then, of course, you had to win a pennant to, to advance. And thankfully we get to squeeze in now and have this fight with Houston that we have. Let's talk Jackie about Dylan Cease game three starter in, in just the last post game podcast, we were debating whether it should be, now that we now that down o2 and there may not be a game four so you don't necessarily have to like hold you know, you can juggle that strategy because game four is not guaranteed do you switch it to what seemed like the plan which is cease then rodan uh do you switch it and have rodan going sort of that rodan kopeck apparently the rodan kopeck combination in game three i still would favor that but uh how do you feel about doing he's going out uh game three you see the guy we need uh to sort of turn this tide uh I'm fine with Cease going out there. Um, this will be a big, uh, I think, will answer a big question mark about uh, his ability. Um, he's never been in this situation before. I'll, I'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to it because Dylan Cease is one of those guys where when he's on, he's untouchable. Yeah. Um, his stuff is amazing. But, you know, he's inconsistent. So if he's having an off day, we're, uh, we're going to be having a bad time. Um, and as far as Carlos not uh, starting, I I wish it was Carlos Rodon, but I not this Carlos Rodon. I want Carlos mm. Rodon from April and May. Yeah. That's, that's that's who I want, but that's not available to me right no. now. <laughs> no. So so I will take Dylan Cease. Um, you know, and I the, the only thing that I'll say is that if Dylan is not on, if his stuff is not there, if he's missing the zone. I really, really hope that our manager is very quick with the hook mm. yeah. um, because we got, we got guys that can do some, you know, long stretching innings. Jackie, the bullpen is rested. <laughs> it really yes, is. They are. <laughs> given God. that they've given up 15 runs in the series so far, the bullpen is relatively rested. The two key arms in that bullpen have essentially not pitched. I'm not sure I'm going to count Liam Hendricks with garbage time in the ninth inning or eighth inning. Um. Dylan Cease, uh, you know, part of me says, gosh, I wish it was Rodon because his, his breaking stuff is sure. Again, he's not on like he was no hitter time, but his breaking stuff, that slider is, is going to mess with Houston. Uh, but that, that ignores the fact that when Dylan Cease is on, he's got wicked movement as well. So he can, he can throw some fear or just pause these Houston hitters 
uh, in a similar way to Carlos. I think it's a less of a given. It's a less of a guarantee that he's going to be able to play the out. But if he's on, he's absolutely our best guy to go, maybe even more so than, than Lucas Giolito. So if he's on, he's absolutely the guy for game three. Right. And I think Ethan Katz said um, before the series started that um, when they were working out Carlos Rodon and kind of seeing where his stamina and strength was at, um, Kat said something about like, whatever Rodon can give you is good. If he can give mm-hmm. you two or three innings, right. that's great. So who's to say that, you know, uh, Tony La Russa doesn't have a little gamesmanship card up his sleeve. Who's to say, man, what if, what if Rodon comes out of the pen or something, <laughs> you know, who knows? I, again, disclaimer, not the manager. I'm not sure <laughs> to do that. I'm not necessarily saying that we should do that, but you know, who knows? Game we, three, it's an elimination game. We, def, we definitely, I think I've learned just in these two games not to be surprised. Um, I mean, I have been surprised, but now, but I don't know what is going to surprise me uh, uh, watching tonight. Um, <sighs> like when Burley came out of the pen that one time. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. Uh, hung, hung over, right, right. Randy, wasn't Randy supposed Johnson to pitch. did it too. Right, right. Um, and I don't mean to harp on this because this is this is a good vibe situation. This is a game where we've got our we've got our blackout gear uh, on. We're ready to go to the game. Only one of us is going to the game, but I'm re- I'm geared up to go to the game. Uh, but if all things go well, let's say Dylan Cease gives you that solid six. Let's say solid six. I mean, greedy. Solid six innings, five innings. Uh, therefore, the need for Michael Kopech is not there. Now we are not pitching Michael Kopech until a fourth game. Am I, am I overstating the importance of what I think is the most electric arm on our team, not seeing action until game four of this series? I think if this series comes and goes tomorrow without seeing Michael Kopech, there's going to be a lot of questions <laughs> about that. Oh my God. Um, I, hadn't even th- I hadn't even thought of that. So, I mean, man, no. So no, I don't think you're overstating it because I do think that um, again, if, if it comes and goes and we don't see him, then uh then I'm going to have some questions about that. And again, by no means trying to be negative here, because this, this is going to be a win tonight. I, I think there are going to be two wins in Chicago and I think it's, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a toss up game five. Okay. So just on record in case anybody thinks anybody wants to send me that, those death threats that, that forward them from Jackie to me. Uh, but this, this is, this is what any manager should be doing or, or general manager for that matter should be doing you know you have the days off worked in to this you've been here before tony la Russa has definitely been here before rick Hahn has observed this all his life they just were in the playoffs a very different playoffs of course crammed uh last year but they were in the playoffs last year and of course ran into the fact that they had two starters one did well one didn't and then they had nobody so it's like okay you know whatever cross your fingers didn't work out the idea that that Michael Kopech has not been a factor in this. And now because, because knowing this was their plan, apparently they haven't changed anything weird up where like Carlos Rodon is throwing in, in game three or Dallas Keuchel somehow gets activated to, to go in game three. So the plan was that it was going to be cease in game three. It doesn't seem like much was going to change there. The idea that he was not used when both starters, unfortunately, that we thought they could go six, seven, you know, didn't get through five. Uh, really is glaring to me. And it does make me worried to go back to the question, not to push just back to you, Jackie, but to go back to the question that you asked after game one, which is, you know, is, is, is there something he is going to do that's going to be a factor here? And 
for a guy who has uh, from spring training micromanaged the team, we were told more control than a normal manager has rather than less. Uh, this is, I am afraid to say this is on his record because there is no excuse. All things go well. Game three, we're happy because it's, it's just a two, one series, but you still have to wonder, wait a minute. Our best arm has not pitched yet. And, and I'm happy to be two, one. And I'm happy to know that he's going to maybe be fresh to go. Hey, five, six innings in game four. I mean, I could be eating these words, but the idea that we have not seen this guy when there was ample opportunity in two games and a day off, um, it leaves me with a little catch in my throat, Jackie. Yeah, um, I'm with you, Brett. I, I don't <laughs> want to see Michael Kopech. Um, Good. But, you know, we. <laughs> I, I, I think that he's a, he's a very dangerous arm out of the pen it seems like he would be a really good um, weapon in our arsenal. It's a little befuddling to me that he hasn't been deployed yet. Um, but I'm not the manager. Mm. Um, so we have been told, come on, you've got guitars in the background. How can you be a manager playing guitar? Come on. No, I'm just being very passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the manager. Fair. I get no. it. Yeah, exactly. Be quiet. Let's have no discussion about the team. And Lord knows, let's not challenge anybody on the team. I'm sure everybody has people that are okay to, to, to dig on. And I, I can imagine who some of those, the, the Tony defenders, I can imagine who some of those players are. So whole different level of criticism of my fellow White Sox fan, which we won't get into because we are happy Southside Sox fan. We are, we're, the, we are, we're happy. The, the mood on the site has not been great. I've been trying to tighten people up and keep it a little bit more positive than it's been. So hopefully we'll get reason for positivity. The White Sox win games. It's going to be a lot easier to be positive, but hopefully even in loss, people will be a little bit better behaved, a little more positive, a little less sky is falling right on my neck because there's no reason for that. It has nothing to do with you. We are, after all, just fans. Even those of us who are writing and covering, we are still just fans of the team interested parties and seeing the team do well. <sighs> but that said, you know, listen, Jackie Crestel is going to bring the good vibes of the game. Her, con her I'm going to just round it up. Her converted Cubs fan husband with her <laughs> decked out in black, cheering these guys to victory. Big game from Dylan Cease. Big game from the offense, which is uh, ready to burst. Luis Robert and Tim Anderson had been out of their minds. These guys are carrying the team. And if they get just a little bit more help from a couple other guys, watch out Houston, because we're getting into the easy stuff with Houston. Now game three and game four, are not going to be the same as game one. And even game two, game two should have maybe been a little, and it was easier. They scored four quick. Uh, it's only, I want to say easier, but it in theory on paper should be getting easier. They got one ACE. They got some other good arms. They're gettable. Uh, Jackie's um, going to watch over that getting at the ball game tonight. That's right. Um, Houston has uh, got Garcia going, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, I looked him up because I didn't know much about him. So I went to baseball savant like Tony LaRusso should have done. And I looked <laughs> in a little bit about it. Um, so, I mean, so Garcia relies on his fastball which isn't overpowering. Like he's going to get like, you know, 93, 94. That's where he's going to average out. Um, he's a fly ball pitcher and we need some fly balls. I think the things are lining up here yeah. for a win tonight. And he's young. 
I mean, he is gettable in that he's sense. Like I mean, there could also be like no fear, but I mean, he's sort of, con- you know, he, he doesn't have a track record that says that it's not Lance McCullers. Let's put it that way. So yeah. uh, there thank is God. ability to rattle. Yeah. Thank God we can uh, sit him and his crazy just from men beard down till game five. <laughs> thank God. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking, I'm liking a little burst of passive aggression, Jackie. I'm liking him. It's good vibes, <laughs> passive aggressive vibes, you know, very good. Um uh, I do not think Jackie is scheduled for any more writing this series, but that just means she's going to get to do more ALCS writing people. Maybe get her on a couple, maybe can cajole her into a couple games. Right? I mean, obviously game three at home, she ain't going to get, did you get game four or two or just game three? No, just game home okay, games, so, uh, number three. So game three's out fine, but we can try to get her into like, you know, one of the first couple games in Houston, maybe, you know, a couple more games in Houston. Yeah. She's persuadable. She's persuadable. I can guilt her. Apparently she's playing passive aggression game. I might be able to guilt her. So uh, look for more Jackie Crestle writing in the ALCS and probably uh, maybe doing some podcasting. Unlikely tomorrow night, unless it's a very celebratory call uh, from the car or the L uh, after the game. But uh, you know, maybe even as this is going to be a long series, uh, maybe some more podcast activity as well, but Thank you for rescuing me and joining me here on pregame podcast number two, Jackie, and showing the great display of guitars once again, and blackout attire. You you listened to the fact that there would be a dress code for a podcast that only a few people actually watch. Appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. Anytime, anytime, man. All right. It is on Jackie Kressel's shoulders. And again, converted White Sox fan husband. It's on their shoulders to bring home a win as long, uh, along with Celeste Redonio, uh, Luke Smales, uh, Colleen Sullivan, for sure. If she could clean up the mess she's going to create on that barbecue in time to actually get into the game on time. Uh, and anyone else from the Southside Sox family, uh, uh, readers, and, and maybe even writers I'm unaware of, uh, have a great time at the blackout tonight. It is going to be incredible to see. I can't wait uh, to, to just even watch it from way, 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 way down on the South side. Uh, and uh, we will be back uh, with you post game. It'll be late, but we will have a post game contest uh, podcast, win or lose. And maybe we'll have a contest too. The contest will be who will actually talk to Brett. Jackie won this time. <laughs> Your prize is in the mail, Jackie. Thank you for showing oh, cool. up. I get a prize. Yes. Nice. Thank you for, for keeping me company for uh, this uh, half hour. Plus, uh, appreciate uh, you joining on again. All the readers, uh, keep it cool. Uh, thank you for your spirit, your readership, uh, listening to these podcasts, and even sometimes watching them. Uh, thanks, Jackie. Uh, let's bring home a win tomorrow. Yeah, let's. my final good vibes to my White Sox brethren. What I always tell people, don't freak out until there's something to freak out about. Let's have the energy high going into this game. Let's bring home a goddamn win, man. Yep. Let's go get it. It's happening. Let's go. We'll Fired freak out up. later if it doesn't work, but let's have some fun, man. The, we, it's, it's been issued. The Crestal Guarantee. It's going to be a win in game three. Let's get it done. Uh, enjoy the game, everybody. And we will be talking to you post-game celebrating a victory. <laughs>